Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, Masha went after forgiveness last week, and that is a, uh, a topic nobody likes. Nobody likes forgiveness because we got hurt by somebody. We didn't like that. And now we got to let them go. We don't like that, right? There, there is, we're wired not to like that, but who here actually did the work of forgiveness and saw the result throughout the week? Come on. And you saw this progressive thing that happens. The problem with forgiveness is we want to be one and done. But anybody found that you have things already today to forgive? <laughs> but if you are consistent and intentional with forgiveness, it's kind of like working out. You don't enjoy it, but you enjoy the result. You enjoy it. You start to look forward to the way you feel afterwards. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you in that. And one of the things Masha talked about was about the way that unforgiveness invites torment on our lives. And you don't need to be told about, like Michelle was talking about how she forgave and suddenly she got physical healing. But you don't even have to be told that. Anybody here been tormented in the night with unforgiveness? No? Nobody? Right? You know what I mean? Where you're lying in bed going, and you, and you just get revved up thinking about what they did? Three of them? Okay. All right. But um, I want to I kind of come back around at this, but I want to come from a little bit different perspective. Do you guys remember the way the story begins in the garden? Man and woman in totally uh, union together, one, right? One with God, one with each other, right? And then they did what? They, they, did, they believed a lie about God, and then they acted on that lie. And they, from that lie, believed God was their enemy, and they had to hide from him, right? So they tried to separate themselves from God. How easy is it to hide from God? Right? You ever seen those videos of like, like a cat uh, trying to hide, but their rear end sticking out from underneath the couch? It's kind of like that. You're like, good luck with that, right? Um, but the thing is, is we develop a language and a mindset of separation. And, and we even see this in um, the thing about paradigms and thought patterns is sometimes they're helpful, but sometimes they're not. One of the classic paradigms is this idea that we are body, soul, and spirit. That's a Greek idea. In the Hebrew, there's, it's all one. And, and so we're going we're gonna to use it as a paradigm, but we're also going to do it se separate, right? So you got, you got body, and you got soul, and you got spirit, right? And so when Adam and Eve uh, decided we're going to go at our own, they thought, they said, hey, we're going to separate ourselves from God. And what did God do? He came looking for them. I love it. You know, if you think your sin separates you from God, then why in the world when Cain killed his brother, God's like, hey, what you doing? You can't run so far. David put it this way. Even if I go to the depths of hell, there you are. Hi, how you doing? Anybody met him in, uh, in hell? 
He's everywhere, right? He's everywhere. And so, so the thing is, though, is we believe this lie of separation in spirit, and we're left on our own. But then, um, do you guys remember, God said, well, if you're going to live this life on your own, you probably should look at the terms and conditions. What does a life lived on your own look like, Adam? Well, it looks like... Um, uh, well, let's start with Eve. Eve, what did Eve, what was the first thing that Eve got out of the deal? Pain in childbirth, right? The thing God designed her to do incredibly well with God on your own, not so much fun, right? Pain. So there's there's brokenness in body, right? There's brokenness. So and, and there's sickness and there's disease and we we talk, see all that. Um, and and then it said, what did he say to? To Eve, he said, "You're going to you want you're going to want a relationship with the man, but he's going to be your master, right? So what should have been a relationship like this is suddenly like this, right? And so so broken relationships, right? And ever and all the broken stuff in your in your mind, in your heart, and your emotions that go with that. What does he say to to um? He says to um to um." Adam, what does he, yeah, that's the other guy, right? I knew there was somebody else there. What does he say to Adam? He says, you're going to have a purpose, right? But your purpose won't bring any benefit, won't bring any result, right? He said, you're going to go out by the sweat of your brow, you're going to work really hard, and it's going to bring very little result. And so your, your provision is going to be broken too. And so in all of these areas, you're going to see brokenness in your body, brokenness in your soul, brokenness in your relationship, brokenness in your purpose, brokenness in your provision. And all of that is coming from this place because you think you're on your own. You're doing it yourself. You think you are separated from God. And God's like, hello, I'm right here. But you're trying to live it on your own. This is why forgiveness is so important. What does forgiveness do? It removes the barrier, right? It removes the barrier between you and me. You know, Paul put it this way. We were only ever enemies of God in our own minds. Have you ever been mad at somebody who couldn't seem to be bothered with being mad at you back? It's the most frustrating thing in the world. Come on, let's fight. Nah, I'm good. Right? It, it's, it brings shame. It brings a sense of shame. But in this broken place, right? So all of this, we end up having, we, this is where all the brokenness in this world and the brokenness in our bodies happen. So let me put it a different way. Okay. Anybody here been sick or hurting for a long time? Yeah. All of us. Okay. Okay, so right now, every single one of us has something right now physically not optimal in our bodies. Could be allergies, could be anything. Can you find it for me? Don't, you don't have to touch it. <laughs> anyway, okay, so you got it. You got it. You ready? Okay, so here's the thing. It says that in, in, in Isaiah, it says he heals, and in Psalms, he says he heals how many of our diseases? Okay. And Jesus, when he walked on the earth, how many people did he heal that came to him? All. Right? And it says he went around doing good and destroying all the works of the enemy. And it tells us in, he, in Hebrews 1 that he's the exact representation of the Father. So if God shows up, 
What should happen to all sickness, brokenness, and disease? Goodbye, right? But none of us has that experience, okay? Can we, can we be honest for a second? Quit being all super spiritual. You ever met somebody and they're like, I'm totally healed. And you're like, you're dragging your leg, buddy. Right? You know, like, like we're not delusional. But we've got to be honest about the gap between what God says and our experience. Because only when we're honest with the gap can we recognize God wants to do more than what we're experiencing. And will only the hungry get fed. Well, we don't like to be hungry. So we, a lot of times we lower our, I call it practical theology, down to the level of our experience. All right? So let me ask you a question. Um, so what are some things that happen? So if I am sick, let's just say I'm super my body is broken, what happens in some of these other areas? Let's say, what happens uh, to provision if I'm sick for a long time? Can't work, right? Okay. What happens to relationships? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Not, not you. But I've been really broken physically, and you start to feel like, 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 you know, like the kid at the lunch table, they're like, can I sit with you? You start to feel really wussy, don't you? Nobody? Right? You're like, you start to feel, and, and what it starts to do is it actually starts to create separation in your relationships. You start to go, I don't know what's wrong with me. Everybody else is worthy. I'm not worthy. Or will you play with me? Right? There's just something that goes on. It breaks down relationships, right? The thing, too, is when you're really a Debbie Downer, do you even want to be with yourself? No, you're like, I would unfriend me, right? And so what happens is we start to separate out of relationships. Uh, what about happens to our purpose when we're really sick and hurting? Yeah, we lose. Like, I, I lose my options. I lose, I don't, I, there's things I can't do. And what happens to, all, okay, let's just get into emotions. Whoa, anybody been really sick for a long time? Man, it gets dark. Not even a long time. Okay, 33 minutes. Okay, I'll give you an example. So we had this um, Wednesday night, last week before last. We were here till like 11 o'clock with youth. It was a blast. But we came home, well, how, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I was dragging my leg because of Joseph, but that's another issue. I forgave him. Um, but anyway, sweep the leg. No, and uh, there was some Frisbee involved. Um, but what happened is we get home and Danya looks at me and she, her daughter goes, she goes, my throat is closing up. I can't breathe. And that's not her. She doesn't have allergies. She just like, it, this is like COVID kind of language, right? And immediately I'm filled with faith. No. I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Because I, I just, you know, I don't know what else to do, right? So I, I pray for her and I don't have any faith. I go and I pray for her. And I turn around, and I'm going to give her, because I couldn't get her healed, I'm going to give her love. Right? I'll be like, there, there. Right? You know, if you can't get, get people healed, at least give them sympathy. And she goes, and I'm trying to love on her. She goes, Dad, Dad, I'm better. <laughs> I was like, for real? She goes, yeah, 90% at least. It's like, well, I didn't have faith for that. Right? But then fast forward. Friday, I am sick as a dog. Same thing. I mean, high fever, everything. And you know what? You go into a fog, you go into a hole. Anybody been there? You know? 
So what are some of the things that when you're really sick, you begin to partner with in your soul, in your mind, in your spirit? Fear. Okay. Doubt. Doubt. Come on. What's that? Despair. Despair. Yes. Self-pity. Spent a few too many years there. Right? Self-pity, fear, doubt, despair, right? Uh, by the way, when you're feeling ill, don't Google. Just saying. It's not a good idea. Because that's a guarantee. That's like a slip and slide into, apparently it's a brain tumor. Right? And you're like, what? How did we get there so fast? Right? Okay. So, but these things, these things, these brokenness, guess what happens? So I had this experience years ago, and I'm, I'm, I probably told this, but I'll, I'll tell it again, is I, was, I, I woke up one morning at 5 a.m. sick to my stomach. And by the way, chop off my legs, but don't touch my stomach. Anybody like that? You're like, the, nausea is the worst. Anyway, and so I spent about two hours in prayer, huddled around the porcelain throne, and nothing could happen. And I mean, like, you ever prayed to throw up and you can't? And I'm like, Jesus! And finally, I was like, and you know, you, who here, when you're praying and nothing's happening, you start to play battleship, right? You're just like, I'll pray for this, I'll pray for that, I'll renounce this, I forgive me for this, I don't know anything, take it all, Lord! Anyway, and, and I just really, I felt this moment, like, just popped in my head, Lord, I repent for partnering with a spirit of witchcraft. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. All of a sudden, I throw up, and I'm feeling so much better. I go back into bed. I crawl into bed. About an hour later, I wake up, and I'm sick to my stomach again. I'm like, ah! And so I spend another hour or so doing everything, and then finally, not knowing what else to do, I renounce the spirit of witchcraft. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, Lord. This is really frustrating. And, and he began to show me how I was partnering with some things. That's another story for another day. But anyway, but I get, I'm like going throughout the day, and in every hour, I wake up, I'm sick to my stomach, I go in there, I renounce the spirit of witchcraft, I throw up, and then I go back to bed. This, not, this is my day off. Like, I don't want to be here, but we're supposed to go on a date that night. And this is not going to be a good date for her, right? Because what happens when we are broken, it breaks relationship, right? Because I can't show up. Masha's had to go through the day on her own, which may have been an upgrade. I don't know. But anyway, so in this point, I'm like going, God, I don't know what's going on. And he shows me this picture. He shows me that I'm kicking witchcraft out, but self-pity is inviting it back in. Because see, every demonic spirit serves a purpose. If nobody's gonna love me, I'll just love myself. You all know that one. You know that spirit? You've seen him, right? Yeah. Dude, I remember in that moment, I'm like, I actually was like, do I want to give up self-pity? Well, how will I? Because I, I get sick well. Like that first year we were in Russia, I was sick all the time, and I was good at it. Like anybody here, you start to get sick, you're like, oh, 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 and you just start preparing, right? There goes two weeks of my life. This is going to be amazing. No, it robs you. It steals from you. But, but the thing is, is it, it robs you here, robs you here, robs you here. But, but it was like, I'll protect you. I'll show you love. I'll care for you. No. It's a lie. And so when I renounce that, suddenly I get free. Within 45 minutes, we're sitting at a restaurant. I'm eating some fatty fish, and I feel fine. 
no problems at all, right? And but I'll tell you what, when I was sick on Friday, I was like, self pity's like, do you need me to care for you? You're here all alone by yourself. I can't help. I was like, no, no, I want my life back. And I got better. I got better. But anyway, but this whole thing is one of the things that we see when Jesus starts praying for people. You guys notice that Jesus prays for people. He brings healing to people very differently. In fact, the only person he prayed for was Lazarus. And even that, he's like, this is just so they know that you listen. Right? And Jesus, how did Jesus know how to bring healing to people? He asked, and they asked for it. And he listened, right? Because he said, I only do what? I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. But every single time, it's different. Who here likes a method? No. <laughs> oh, I like methods. I don't want to trust. I'm sorry, a risk. I mean, I, I want to do it on my own, right? I, want to, I don't want there to be risk. But love is risk. Anybody found that to be true? you're going to love, you've got to be willing to risk. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. And so Jesus steps out, and every single time is different. Now, uh, throw me out some of the different ways that Jesus, like specific circumstances, how Jesus healed. Oh, spitting, that's everybody's favorite. Let's go for the spitting inside. So, so why would, we, and we get at this before, he has this blind man comes to him and he goes, what do you want? Uh, pretty obvious, can't see, right? He's like, okay. He's like, I want to be here, I want to see. He goes, okay, um, hmm, here, let me grab some mud. <laughs> Go wash it out. Well, I was going to do that anyway, right? That's what I do when I get mud. But you need to understand something. See, he's been blind his whole life. Who here, you aren't you anymore, you're your condition, Right? He's been blind Bob, right? He's been blind Bobby over here. And, and what they did in that world is when they saw somebody who was blind, they immediately assumed he had sinned or his parents had sinned. Who here, you're in pain and you feel like everybody judges you? Okay, sometimes. All right, so here's this thing. Every, but literally what they would do when they would see him to agree because they felt God had done it to him. Jesus said, I came that you may have and have it to the full and abundantly overflowing. But there's somebody else. You have an enemy. His name is the devil. And he is a thief who does what? Steals, Steals kills, and destroys. Blindness. Is that life to the full or is that steal, kill, and destroy? This is not complicated, right? This is why Jesus said you have to come as a child. So here's blind Bobby has got all this mud in his eye. But he, every single day as he was... So if you are having to beg for your, food, for your food, what do you have to do? You have to be recognized for your blindness. He literally had a special cloak that designated that, he had been, that his blindness had been certified. It was like disability. He'd been put on disability, and he could, buy, he could beg, but he had to do it. He had to lose his identity and his self-esteem. Anybody here had to trade your identity and self-esteem to get your basic needs met? All right? So there's this brokenness, but every single person who walked by, they would spit on him, and it was a declaration that God is right in judging you. I don't know what for, but for that. Anybody felt that kind of judgment on you? 
Maybe, maybe as a parent, your kids act out and everybody's like, uh-huh, what kind of a parent are you? Somebody divorces you. <laughs> I bet it was your fault. Oh, sorry, that got real. Um, like, like, or any number of things. Many number of things. But here he is, he's sat there. And Jesus takes the very spot of his brokenness, his rejection in relationships, and says, I want to do what? I don't just want to heal you. I, I don't want to just heal your body. I want to heal your soul. And I want to heal your relationships. Are you willing to step over these broken areas and dare to believe for more? Because in that moment, he had to be like, you're just like everybody else. Why would he, he invade? So sometimes God, we're sitting there, it started out as blindness, ends up in brokenness of soul and brokenness of relationship, and Jesus brings healing by attacking this area first. Right? We just want to wave a magic wand. We don't want to be, there to be any vulnerability. He says, go wash. As he goes and washes, he's fully healed. Tell me another one. Man, talk about lack of compassion. What? The guy has been laying there. Like, I'm not laying here for my, for my own benefit. I'm not I'm lying here because I can't walk because I never got a decent pair of legs. And that's obviously God's fault. See, if God is the source of your problem, he can't be the source of your solution. So what happens is, he sits there, the whole story of his life is, I am weak. I am unable. I, but here's the deal. What God tells you to do, he empowers you to do. We were never meant to do this life alone. We were never do, supposed to do this life separate. We were never. The problem is we try to do it on our own and it doesn't work. Anybody tried to love another person by yourself without Jesus? That don't last very long, does it? You come to the end of your love real quick, right? I mean, either that or your delusion stays strong. The delusion is strong with this one, right? You know, Right? No. The reality is God doesn't call us to what we can do. He calls us to what we cannot do apart from Him. Because we're never meant to live this life separate from God or separate from each other. So He wars against that. And He goes, He goes, bro, either let me be more true than all your experience and rise up and walk or lay there. He, God is gracious. Just He'll let us lie there. Anybody here had God let you lie there? I've done it. I'm like, God, I know, you can't help me. God's like, okay. <laughs> but let God be proved true and every man a liar. Give me another one. Go bathe. Go bathe. Oh my gosh, seven times. That's with the name in the Syrian, he goes and dips and it's a dirty, ugly river. Why? Why would you do that? Because Naaman is looking down on... Who here, when you're broken, you develop a superpower of judgment to protect yourself? Looking down on everybody else. And several people blink hard. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're broken, you're like, at least I'm not broken like them. Right? Or you, you always like, like whatever area you're failing at, you make sure the focus is over there. 
right? If you're doing financially, then it's other people's waste. If you're struggling with your weight, then it's their finances or, or their marriages. If your marriage is bad, then it, let's go look over there. Sorry, I apologize. That got real. But what happens is God goes, God will confront us right in the place where we've been fudging the books and he'll say, will you let me rewrite your story? Will you let me address the judgment that this thing where you're separating yourself, you're, you're protecting yourself from others. And he goes right at that thing. He's like, it's a dirty, I'm rich. I don't bathe in dirty rivers. And he's like, uh, I, you know, who is he? He's a Jew. Who is he going to tell me? I'm amazing. Right? But he confronts the very area. God will come at bringing restoration to us. But he wants to restore the whole, not parts. He wants to restore all, not a little bit. And it may have started out as a body problem, but it might end up a relationship. It might end up any of these. And God wants to bring restoration to the whole. Give me one more. What's that? Sends a word. Which one? Yes. So remember the centurion comes and he goes, I have this servant, and I, uh, he, is, he is really, really ill, and will you come? And he said, well, I, I, and, and Jesus says, what do you want? He said, I'll come to your house. And the centurion said, I'm not worthy to let you come to my house. And what does Jesus go, whoa, he's like, that's faith, that's faith, that's faith. Because see, in the ancient world, there were Jews and non-Jews. And on the top of the food chain where they were was the centurion. And what does he do? He, come, he lays aside all the separation in relationship. He lays aside all the separation in money. He lays aside all this and he says, I want more. I want more. I'm not going to... God will go against that separation and he will break that separation. And what's really annoying is he will deal with the area of separation we don't want to deal with. Why do you think God usually starts in the area we don't want to deal with? Well, that's where he wants the most. That's, and you know what? A lot of times, the thing that is the most the stronghold in my mind is the thing I don't think is a problem. Because it's natural. It's obvious. No duh. Why would God start? He starts where I don't want him to start. Um, years ago, we were in a city uh, called Kazan. And a week or so, I was trying to learn how to do word of knowledge and hear God for word of knowledge. And so I was like lying in bed a couple weeks before. And I was like, give me a word of knowledge. And I immediately saw this spot right on the hip. And I felt like it was cancer. And so when we were in the city of Kazan in Russia, I called out the word of knowledge. I'm like, you know, who here? You know, you, you have this spot right here and it's cancer. God wants to heal you. Crickets. Which, by the way, anybody here, you're willing to follow Jesus if it guaranteed results? <laughs> Good luck with that. Anyway, sometimes he's like, yay, we got humility. That was what I was going for. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, and so afterwards, this lady comes up. And she's like, I'm sorry I didn't say anything. I don't know if it's cancer or not. I've been too scared to check. But it's literally that spot. And 
What did Jesus do? Jesus did what he saw the Father doing, said what he was hearing the Father say. So this was one time when I was smart, and I didn't just try battleship. I didn't try a technique. I was like, God, what do you want me to know about this? And he said, ask her when it started. I said, when did it start? She said, two years ago. He said, ask her what happened two years ago. And she said, my uh, uh, like 20-something uh, drug addict son and his girlfriend came home to live with me. And immediately what I saw was a baby on the hip. And so I felt led to walk her through forgiveness. We get done. She looks different. She's transformed. I said, how's the hip? She goes, it doesn't hurt for the first time in two years. God wanted to start with relationship. He wanted to start with soul. She just wanted the pain to go away. Oftentimes when we're in pain, we just want the symptoms to go away, don't we? But God wants so much more. He wants the restoration of all of us. All of us. And we have to lay down our agenda of what that looks like. You know, we had a, another situation where we uh, prayed for a lady. Um, if I remember the details correctly, like she was lame. She was stuck in a wheelchair. We prayed for her. She got better. And do you know, two weeks later, the night before she went for her disability checkup, she got all bad again. What do you think happened? She had to make a decision. Will God provide for me if I can work? Will God have a purpose for me? God's after all of us. He's after all of us. And, it, and we can't put him in a box of where he's going to call us. Man, I, can I tell you the number of times I've not been doing well physically or emotionally, and God goes, you see that person over there? I want you to ask him to pray for you. I'm like, ha, 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 not that person. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What? Why would you do that, Lord? Why? They don't, they don't have anything to teach me. And he's like, well, I don't see any judgment in you, so that's good. <laughs> I don't see any unforgiveness. Why would he do that? Because he wanted to root out of my heart unforgiveness and judgment so I could get whole. But I just wanted the pain to stop. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance. What that means, if you look at this, the word is hypostasis, the substance. What it means is faith, what we're believing, is the fullness that hope is just a taste of. He puts it this way in, in Romans 5. He says, he, says, he says that we have this introduction into grace. Hope is is the foretaste that reveals the whole. Michelle just gave you and I a foretaste. In other words, this is what God looks like. It's not the fullness. None of us is walking in the fullness. Fullness is everything healed. Revelation 21 says what? Every tear will be dried. There will be no pain. There will be no sorrow. Anybody living in that place now? No. 
But there is a fullness that God is offering that we are pressing into. Paul put it this way. He said, I press on for that which has, I, I press on to take hold of that which has taken hold of me. I, God in his fullness has taken hold of me to bring me into the fullness, but I'm not there yet. But I'm not going to dumb down my, ex, my reality to the level of my experience. I'm not going to dumb down my faith to the level of my experience. But that the hope, those little breakthrough moments, reveal the nature and give me faith for the fullness he's offering. So, Michelle gave, shared her testimony of what? What are some things we saw in her testimony? Unforgiveness. So we saw a freedom from unforgiveness. What else? Free, freedom from judgments. Um, I'll, I'm going to say uh, freedom from years. Because anybody here, you're like, once you've had it for a while, it's just part of the furniture. Just part of the, the drapes, you know? It's just life, you know? Let's just not, you know... All right, so years. What's it? False identity? Pain? Temptation to doubt. Oh, yeah, doubt, baby. What else? Well, I saw her faith to believe. Faith, faith, come on. Faith. She's willing to step out. Come on. What are some other things that God broke off of her? Unbelief. What else? Depression. Prescriptions. Prescriptions. Meds. Um. Uh, also, uh, bad surgeries. You guys remember the woman with the flow of blood? What had happened to her over her twelve or seventeen years? of pursuing. She had spent all her money, right? All of it, all of her energy, everything, the relationships were cut off. Why? The, all of these, so all of these things, right? Bad surgeries, meds, depression, all of these things. This right here, anybody need some of this? Broken in your life? Welcome to the menu. This is what hope looks like. This is a menu of hope. And here's the question you and I are facing is, will I dare to be hungry for more? Because hunger hurts, doesn't it? Hunger hurts. One of the things that, that um, ha we have to do a lot of times is we have to release people we blame for our pain. I don't want to. I'm going to go on. I'm still suffering. They're stuck. No. Releasing. Um, another thing I want to go after is trying to figure out how to get there without us dying. That's always a plus. Well, yeah, 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 it's always a valid question. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have a resurrection ministry, won't we? All right. Um, you know, this is why Jesus sent out the disciples. He said, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, right? And preach. The kingdom of God has come near. 
right? Because God is trying to restore all of this. But in the middle of this, I'm going to say something is many of us have cut ourselves off from God's means of grace because the people God wants to bring grace to us are not worthy in our minds to be conduits of God's grace because usually we live with them and we have seen them in their brokenness we have seen them they have lied they have judged they have been cruel they've been mean they have been unworthy of grace they've been unworthy of mercy and sometimes God will say, I need you to dare to believe that I'm better than the God they showed you, showed me to be. God is not who your father or mother was. God is so much more. And if they showed you God who wasn't restoring these things, but rather bringing condemnation, domination, and control, that's not who God is. You know, one of the very first things when I gave my life to Jesus, he said, I need you to go and ask forgiveness of your dad. And I was like, whoo, easy there, tiger. Who? I don't care if your dad was Joseph the carpenter. You've got things to forgive your dad for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ain't been a perfect dad yet. Me included. But some are less perfect than others. And yours is the least perfect. But in that moment, he was like, I want, I can't, you can't go forward if you won't release them. And I want to say this, is a lot of times we have areas that we're crying out to God for. Maybe they're not physical healing. Maybe they're emotional healing. Maybe they're a breakthrough in, in provision, breakthrough in purpose. Maybe it's just a breakthrough in my relationship with God. But until I'm willing to, to go the path God indicates, I will not get free. I won't get the healing. I won't get the restoration. And so part of the reason why God so often goes after physical healing is it's a little easier to believe for physical healing than for emotional healing, isn't it? Sometimes? I mean, I don't know what do you say. Like, physical healing is super obvious. Let's just say that. And it gives us hope and faith for the other. So we're going to do something real quick. Like I said, <clears throat> let's see. One of the things that Jesus did is he, he prayed and he ministered quickly. We don't see him, right? Go for it. So I just want to say something real quick. Um, he didn't necessarily pray for people. He just commanded those things off of them, okay? So that's just a little shift. So you can, we have authority. He said, all power and authority has been given to me. To me. So Therefore, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Mm -hmm. Right? So the authority that Jesus has has been, we have the delegated authority. Right? So we don't have to beg God. We don't have to, like, do all of the different long speeches. We can just go directly to the thing and we can command it to go. Okay, so it's very, very simple. It's illegally there anyways. And so just if you, you know, pain or 
whatever whatever you sense, that's where that's where it's not super automatic, as far as you have to listen to what um, God is is telling you to go after as you as you release healing. So before we get to that, though, I want you to close your eyes. Because each of us has a story about our own physical condition. And I want, if you would like a new story, take a moment and just say, Jesus, I give you my story. I give you my understanding. I want your understanding. Lord, what would you have me know about this condition? feel like some of us, we realize there's people we need to forgive. And it feels unfair. Jesus, I give them the free gift of my forgiveness. They owe me nothing. I don't want to be chained to them anymore. I want to be free. I bless them. I release them. Some of us, I receive your forgiveness, God. Because I did this to myself, I realize now. Forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. Cleanse me. Heal me. Others of us, we realize we've been partnering with self-pity. We've been crawling into a hole. And it's comfortable there. God, I renounce self-pity. I break the agreement with it in Jesus' name. Spirit of self-pity out of me, in Jesus' name. Jesus. You're not my protector anymore, in Jesus' name. Um, a lot of long-term conditions is actually also spiritual. It's um, some kind of infirmity, right? So if that's been you, just going from one sickness to another or any kind of chronic conditions, just pray with me right now. Spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity. I command you to come out of me in Jesus' name. I command you to come out of me in Jesus' name. I feel like there's a number of us that we've become comfortable in our brokenness and our pain, and we're scared to believe for real vulnerable relationships or real purpose or trusting God for finance. Whatever the area it is that, that this thing has been protecting you from, God, forgive me for letting this thing protect me. God, you are my protector. I repent for letting brokenness protect me. And I trust you for relationships. I trust you for purpose. I trust you per, for provision. That you will lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Notice that the good shepherd leads. What is the path that he leads in righteousness? Through the valley of the shadow of death. He will lead us through our fear. To show us that he is Lord of our fears. Lord of our provision. Lord of our relationship.
I feel like there's a number of us here. We got this condition from our family, from our parents. And Lord, I forgive them for not getting the victory in their generation. I release them. They owe me nothing. I bless them to walk free of this. And I give back this ungodly inheritance. And I receive your health and your wholeness in my life. Um, I, 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 I saw some, some like, um, it was um, uh, like tinnitus or, or like deafness. And, and there was this phrase, I don't want to hear it anymore. And the enemy has been gracious and kind to help you not hear, to block out the noise, but it's created this. And uh, if you want to be free, just say, God, I trust you with my hearing. I trust you. I want to hear. I trust you. I repent for partnering with this. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to test out your body. <clears throat> I want you to test out to see what differences are in your body even right now. Move. Some of you, inflammation has disappeared. Others, you have clear breath. Others, the pain is gone. And you're like, kind of like Michelle, well, it's here somewhere. <laughs> nope. Some of you, it's joint pain. Some of you, it, uh, you don't even know, like, because it's a blood condition, but you just feel something in your veins. You don't even know what it is. If that's you, just say, God, thank you. I receive what you've done by faith. That this is either a foretaste or the fullness, but I receive it that you've done this in me today, that I'm changed forever. And now the thing is, is every single one of us, if we, we may have started physical, but it ended up in all these other areas, God, I'm asking you to restore to me my relationships, my emotions, my, my finances, my purpose, and my connection with you, my relationship with you. I'm asking you for the restoration of all things because that's what you paid for. And I'm believing for it. Believing for it. Just if we've been living with conditions for a long time, we have a narrative. And just with your eyes closed right now, just say, Jesus, what do you want me to know about this condition I've been living with? About this brokenness I've been living with. What do you want me to know? Give me a new, fresh thought from heaven. I lay down, I repent of my own thought, of my own narrative, of my own yes. definition. Yes. And I dare to hope for more. I dare to believe for more. Start receiving from him right now. Come on. 
the disciples asked Jesus about a narrative. They said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, forget about it. Doesn't matter. This is right now we want to see God's glory revealed in their healing. Sometimes we need to just let go of the story and let God give us a new story. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.